All right. Welcome back. We are at episode 108 of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. And uh, I made the show tonight to sort of hash out the topic of uh, reevaluating proxy conflicts. Um, as you guys are probably already aware, there's uh, some shizzle going down between the Israelis and the Palestines, and there's a lot that's been going on in the last few years, and to be honest with you, throughout history. So I think talking about these notions that they want to drag your energy into is relevant. There's also a chapter in my Unplugged Alpha uh, book, of course, which deals with managing your Fs, uh, which really translates to managing your energy. Actually, speaking of which, let me just mention real quick, the second edition of the book is actually uh, uploaded and ready to go. Um, first edition on this side, second edition here. It's It looks substantially denser when you look at them side by side, but it's only 40 pages uh, bigger. Was that focus? Yeah, there you go. It's only got 40 more pages. Um, this is a, uh, they call this a draft, but not for resale. They basically have a watermarked across the front, but it's the same cover. It just says down at the bottom, it's the second edition. It's just the more complete and the final version of the book. Um, we had, uh, so here's what's changed to sort of bring it to light, because I mean, this entire podcast series is really just building on the book. Um, kind of like one podcast at a time, one idea at a time, diving down these different rabbit holes and giving you guys an opportunity to call in on shows and ask me any question as it might relate to something I've talked about in a past show or in my book or any of those things or what's happening in the world. You bring it to the table. Uh, I'll drop the join link in a moment and that's always there for every show live. Um, so the second edition required some updating. Uh, it needed to get sanitized of some things. The editor for my book, who's a phenomenal guy, um, is actually flying over here in a few weeks. And we're going to record the uh, audible version of the second edition of the book and make improvements because I wasn't completely happy with the way that I read the first book. It sounded less uh, natural and normal and more just sort of me reading words. And there's some stumbles with the editing. So I want to fix that and get it done properly. So um, he's added field reports to the book. Um, I've improved many of the sections. I added the seven spokes, uh, which I talked about in a podcast about a year ago, uh, to be included in the book. Cause I think that completes, uh, the attraction component of things. Um, I missed that in the first run through the book and it's just something that I came to the realization working with guys and taking call-ins and stuff. And it's like, okay, there's things missing like captivation and, you know, other areas, which, you guys can get into in the book. So I emailed my list today. Uh, it's available for pre-order. Here, I'll get you the link. Um, it's also available in Spanish too, which is pretty cool because I've had a lot of people ask for the Spanish version. Uh, so here's the second edition in English. So you can pre-order that now. And uh, if you want the Spanish version, which translates to El Alpha Liberido. Completely pronouncing that wrong, but there it is. Uh, I've, I've had people ask for, oh, the link is too long. It won't let me share it. All right, you guys are out of luck. You have to search for it. Or if you're on my email list, it's there. I guess the same thing will happen with the, uh, let me see if I can drop the Spanish version. Uh, copy. And... Okay, no. So this is the Spanish version. Try the English version without the intro part. And here's the English version. 
the holidays are coming. Yeah, it's just under short characters. Okay, and there's the English version. All right, so they're there in the chat. Um, they're a bit, the Spanish version you can buy now. The second edition of the English version uh, is released on the 13th, Friday the 13th. So this Friday coming up, uh, I notified my email list today about it. Check it out. So there's that. There's that housekeeping. Um, so what are we talking about today? Rebellion proxy conflicts. I just needed to put something in the title as a placeholder. You know, it's been a busy week. Had a lot of edits come through with the uh, last ladies' night because if you guys watched that, you know we had some. Uh, somebody mentioned to me they were like, "Well, didn't it seem like Jillian and Jordan came on to like plan an attack on you, sort of thing?" I guess okay, maybe I don't know. I mean, I dealt with it as I would deal with anybody. I I I like conversations that create thought-provoking discussion, and I don't want everybody to agree. So. For me personally, while it may not have appeared as you know uh, a smooth show, I enjoyed it, and I, I I hope that the gals that were on it that were disagreeing and calling me names um, took something away from it. Although I doubt it, so I don't hold my breath because you know people are they don't generally like to change. Um, there's an old saying which doesn't get around much anymore, but uh, people want to hear not your opinion. Essentially, they don't want to hear your opinion, but they want to hear their opinion come out of your mouth. That's how we're hardwired. Anyway, speaking of how we're hardwired, let's get into this conflict thing because so many people would try to drag me out. Who who do you stand with? You know, if you go on social media, you're you know you're going to start seeing on 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 Facebook. Probably, I stand with, and then some flag of whoever they stand with. Uh, you saw it with the Russian Ukraine conflict. You're seeing it all over uh, Twitter X now. Um, one side is trending with uh, Israel. The other side is trending with Palestine. And it's flipping back and forth all day long. It's, pre it's pretty clear to me at this point that um, both sides have done some shitty things. And the point that I want to get at with this cast is they always try to suck you in. When I say they, there's us and then them. They are on the perimeter. They're on the outside. They want to suck you in and get you... Uh, interested and caring about things that generally speaking you shouldn't really care about let me explain so i dug up this isn't the chart that i wanted to find but i dug up this chart here let me share it up on the screen here share screen um this is what is this called animation how europe no this isn't european maps 600 years of war so this is the 600 years of war and peace here it is so this is global deaths and conflicts since the year 1400. I've seen another one that goes back even further. I couldn't dig it out for the life of me doing my searches uh, before the show. I usually have at least an hour, but I was a little tight for time because it's Thanksgiving here in Canada. So to my Canadian friends, happy Thanksgiving. We had some family stuff and traffic sucked, but here I am. Um, so the point of this map is on the bottom axis here, you've got the years, the 1400, all the way up to the uh, recent time, 2000s. And on the left axis here, you've got the rate of deaths per 100,000 people, okay? You can see the rate of deaths per 100,000 people has pretty much stayed relatively consistent. There's been some peaks and some valleys. Um, there's been some wars that have created more deaths than others. But throughout history, one thing is very, very common. And this is only in the last 600 years, by the way. There's another video that I want to show you, which I'm just going to kind of play in the background as a talking for frame reference, because there's no audio. It's really just how the European map has changed. We'll get to that in a second. But what you'll notice here on this map is there's a lot of dots. Each one of those dots represents a conflict. Most of these aren't labeled. Um, 
if I go to the top ones over here where there's a lot of deaths involved and the conflict lasted for a long period of time, you can start to see some of the, like this is the 30 year war over here. This is the period of the 100 year war over here. Uh, peasants war in, I can't even, Saxons, I think it says. There's all these different wars, all the big ones anyone are all labeled until you get up to World War One, World War Two, and it looks like World War Two had the largest number of casualties in total. And we haven't seen a world war uh, like that of World War Two since. This was a very, <laughs> this was a very traumatic time for our grandparents and great grandparents. Uh, my granddad, I guess, grew up in both those wars. My dad was born uh, at the end of the Second World War, so this period of time must have been like just fucking like conflict after conflict dealing with zone after zone because i remember my granddad telling me uh stories you know he used south africa gibraltar singapore hong kong he was with the royal air force so they so they moved him around a lot but all of these conflicts they've been going on since the beginning of time you know is a point that i've been trying to make and the 1400s are not the beginning of time this is just the beginning of this particular map there are data points and other maps that, that go even further back. But the common denominator is there's just dots everywhere. It's, it's just covered in literally dots everywhere. This is not a new phenomenon. This has been going on forever. So, I mean, the first thing that you got to understand is this ain't going to stop. No matter how much they want to suck you into caring about what's happening over there, it, it's not going to stop. You caring about it isn't going to change much. Them trying to suck you into the idea of who's right or wrong or what side to stand on isn't going to change anything. Let them suss it out. Um, I, like, it's gotten to the point where when people ask me, you know, for my opinion on things like this and that and the other thing, it's like, how about we just stop either printing money or taking taxpayer money and sending it over in other places when we've got a world of issues that are going on in our own backyards here in North America? I mean, we've got people walking into stores and shoplifting with zero consequences whatsoever. They're telling employees not to deal with it, let them walk out. And if they try to stop them, they're going to fire them, right? Because they've got legal issues tied around that. You've got wokeness issues they want you to care about if you don't use somebody's correct pronouns. They want you to care about all these things locally here. And many of them don't even matter, by the way. It's it, like, like there's core issues that actually matter but they're trying to distract you with issues that don't matter or issues on the other side of the world or the other pond or that continent or this continent or that part of the equator or whatever. They keep trying to suck us down is what I'm getting at, okay? And, it, and it's an unfortunate scenario. It sucks that it's happening. People, it is inevitable that people will die. It, it, it's, it's always been that way throughout history as you know we see here with this chart. Actually, while I'm continuing to deliver this, um, guess speech monologue let me just run this video here for further context um take that out and let's throw this this here says animation of the european map and how it's changed over the last 2400 years so this is 2400 years of europe and let's go here and again, you know, i'm sorry it's not a world map but you'll get the idea of how we operate uh, that's muted. And I think I can probably, this is an 11 minute video. So I'm going to play this at one and a half times speed. And sorry, just for reference over here, it says here on the intro slide, uh, history map of Europe every year, 
This video shows the borders and populations of each country in Europe for every year since 400 BC, before Christ. I'm just going to let that run while I'm delivering this. <clears throat> this is something that, is, that has gone on essentially since the beginning of time. And again, this is only from just before, you know, was it about 400 BC, okay? Um, if you're unfamiliar with human beings as a species, uh, we're very similar to chimpanzees in, in the sense and in the regard that we like conflict and that we form tribes and that we wage war. Uh, chimpanzees are one of the only other uh, primates out there. And make no mistake, we're just advanced versions of these primates that figured out microphones and cameras and lighting and you know how to stream shit on the internet. But we're very, very similar. Genetically, we share like 98% of our DNA with our primate cousins. Chimpanzees are very similar. They'll they'll go out and they'll wage war against other tribes. They'll actually kill other chimps. They're they're vicious. Like um, when you dive into the rabbit hole of of these primates, they'll rip off the genitalia of their competition. Okay, they will do some savage things. And humans really aren't that different. Uh, we're very similar in the sense and in the regard that we've we've always waged war we've always tried to dominate we've always tried to run the world and i'm just going to pause it here for a sec on this map and actually go full screen so i'm listening to this audiobook right now called caesar's legions via a recommendation of 50 shades of green who's one of the generals on my saturday shows that i populate from time to time and this is the Roman empire as it stands right now population 42 million throughout europe uh just sort of give you an idea Okay, just a little bit of an idea, but hey, that was a large empire. And there's been the Ottoman Empire, the British Empire, like there's been a lot of empires, the Greek Empire, you know, prior to that. Very, very interesting read, right? So, I mean, the point that I'm making here is this stuff has always, again, happened throughout history and will always continue to happen into the future. Everybody that's always suing for peace, oh, we must, you know, all we need is love, love, all this stuff, right? Like all we need is love and that's going to solve everything. Don't you think they've tried that? the last uh you know thousand odd years right or sorry 2400 years you know as this map runs itself it's in the year 169 right now after death ad they've tried that and it's never worked it's never worked in the past i'm gonna tell you right now it's never gonna work in the future um the difference between this time and today is the people living in africa and in japan and china and all those other regions of the world they didn't care about what was happening in Europe. They didn't care how the borders changed. They didn't care how leadership changed. They didn't care about the crown or royalty. They didn't care about any of that stuff because they didn't get sucked into it. Nobody was trying to get them to care. Today, they try to get you to care about, there's a really, really good essay uh, Jack Donovan's written just called I Don't Care. Uh, I'm not going to read it. It's a long essay. You can go look it up on the internet. But essentially, you know, they, they try to suck you in and steal your f's as i talk about in the chapter in my book about managing your f's which is essentially managing your energy they try to steal it from you today and get you to care about random things and i understand war is something that's devastating and people die and it it, it destroys infrastructure and, and children and women and all that sort of stuff hurt and men die and, and, and suffer in these conflicts i get it but this is who we are surrendering to who we are as a species and what we're all about and how we operate and how we navigate the world and how we think and how we hold ourselves out ain't going to change. It's hardwired into our DNA. We're always going to be doing stuff like this. 
where borders will always change, leadership will change, people will get hurt along the way, infrastructure will get destroyed, land will get you know reevaluated, reclaimed. This is this is how it goes. It's always gone that way. This is why I'm showing you this video for this reference. It's at one and a half times still. So, with that being said, and it's not just things like war. They want you to care about, oh, we didn't use the right pronouns. Or they want you to care about, oh, this marginalized group out there right now. And in many cases, it's not even a marginalized group. It's, it's like people that have a victim mindset or they want to be victims in the world. It's interesting, man. Like, you know, we live in a time now where it's been popularized to be a victim. It's, it, it's actually encouraged. You know, the victim mindset is encouraged. Oh, Poor me. Oh, woes of me. Uh, if you want a good example of how we've we've trained women now, how toxic feminism has trained women as an example to be a victim, go watch last week's Ladies' Night and watch a couple of ladies on there when we're talking about some of the problems that they're experiencing, why they're not getting good results in life, why they can't attract the guys that they're looking for. And then it turns into... Oh, well, rich is mean and you're not talking nicely to me sort of thing. And I feel like a victim and I just feel like, and you hear that I feel like, and you'll get the idea. I mean, those that have watched it understand exactly what I'm saying, but this is what we're training people to do. We're training people to care about stuff that shouldn't matter. Why should I care if some, this is straight out of Jack's essay. Why should I care if some gal who's walking in New York city named Shoshana who gets cat called by the, by some guy is now in the news or in the o'clock news or in the twitter feed or in this trending topic because how it makes them feel why do we need to care about that you know this perimeter that we draw as the unplugged alphas do is separating us from them we're supposed to care about us we're supposed to care about our family our kids the people on the inside the people that we love the people that we care about the people that are part of our tribe the ones that we've defined and then there's always going to be an outside if you follow me on twitter you'll notice that I use the us versus them descriptor. It's, you know, it's a placeholder because that exists. It's always existed. That's why it's, uh, you know, Russia versus Ukraine. That's why it's Israel versus Palestine. That's why it's China versus Taiwan. That's why it, you can go right down the list. You know, you can go throughout history as this map is running here, as it demonstrates, we're at 1,577 right now. You see the Ottoman Empire. Well, where's the Roman Empire? It's completely destroyed. You see the Russian Empire that's developing there as well. These things are moving targets that keep moving, right? And me caring or you caring or anybody else caring about that, I am not going to have any impact on that. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to change the outcome. It's let them suss it out on their own. Let them figure it out, right? There are certain scenarios in history and in that prior map with the dots, where you'll see uh, atrocities, you know, where certain peoples are victimized, then there might be some need to get involved. But why do we always have to police everything all the time in the world? You know, there's there, there's there's far too much governance and need to suck us in to care about stuff that does like the whole scamdemic thing, you know, the beer bug right? They wanted to suck the world into this notion. And, it, and they were very successful for the most, most part with the vast majority of the population. 
standing on your dots, wearing your mask, get your jab, get your eighth jab, get your 17th jab. Very successful in convincing. And that that exercise, I think, was a test, you know, to see how society would respond. You know, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it a war game. You can call it anything you want. But I think that it was a test. Let me just take that out over there. But you understand what I'm saying here, right? Like, why do we need to care? Why do we need to get sucked into to, to things that don't influence my day-to-day -day here, my family, the things that I care about within the inner perimeter, right? Even if you're Russian, like I have a good friend of mine. He's Russian-Ukrainian Jew, okay? Is he Russian? No. Is he Ukrainian? No. Is he Jew? He actually wears a cross, right? That was his origin. And you ask him about what's going on over there, and he's like, it's fucked. It's got nothing to do with Ukraine, got nothing to do with Russia. It's all about the West trying to influence what's going on with those borders and what happens in that area and destabilize, right? And I think for the vast majority of these things that they want us to suck in and get and, and dispense Fs for and care about, don't really need it. Are there scenarios and situations where it's required? Maybe. But the vast majority of them, it's not needed. They want to suck you in. They want to distract you. They want to control you. I want you to think about them over and over again. Let me get this uh, join link before I uh, continue. So if you guys are watching elsewhere on the interwebs, um, call in and ask a question. AMA is open. You guys can ask me anything. Ask me as it relates to this show, a ladies' night, anything that's going on. Bring whatever question you want. I'm down to discuss it. Um, don't be an asshole. Don't waste my time. <laughs> you guys have seen what I'll do there. But I'll pin that up at the top. And if you're watching this elsewhere on the interwebs, come over to YouTube because that's where the link is to call in. And subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button. Got a few hundred people watching right now and only 55 likes dudes i mean just hit the like button it just helps me out okay you know not a big deal get those likes up so proxy wars conflict caring about stuff oh we didn't use the right pronouns oh my god this guy is this guy we have to care about this this gender this race this made up uh alphabet soup like why why do we really is it utterly necessary how does it improve your life? How does that make you your own mental point of origin with where you're going and the sort of life that you're wanting? It's, it's a distraction. It's a distraction from the fact that you're paying taxes. It's a distraction from the fact that you're probably stuck in a dead-end J-O-B and they want you just over broke, paycheck to paycheck. It's a distraction from the interest rates going through the roof. It's a distraction from the fact that there's people... I've, I've talked to people now because he is... Interest rates are so damn high. They went from nothing for the last 10, 15 years or so. They went from virtually nothing to where they are today, where people are going back to refinance their mortgages because their terms are coming due. And they're like, well, I was paying $1,800 before, but now they're slamming me with an extra you know, $1,723.18 and I don't have that cash flow. I can't pay this. And they're forced to sell houses. There's going to be some blood in the streets when it comes to the economy. I think in the next little while. So if you have some dry powder, some cash, there's some opportunities for you to multiply that cash and make some real money. That'll be coming soon. 
But like I said, do you really need to care about all these things that they're trying to suck you into? Again, it goes back to the chapter in my book, Manage Your Fs. Manage Your Fs. If you don't understand the concept, get the concept through your head. Stop getting distracted. Stop dispensing them in areas that you want. I, I talk about a prime example in the book about road rage, you know. Um, people will cut you off. They'll not use the signal. They'll cut in front of you. Oh, you get mad. You start honking your horn. Give them the finger. In the mirror. I've seen people do this. Where they just get pissed off. And it's like, sometimes they get pissed off because you just put yourself in line and maybe you got a little too close to their bumper. They get pissed off because they think they own parts of the road, right? Sometimes it's them doing it to you. But why? Like, why get mad? Why? What is what is the benefit of dispensing your energy for something that is not worthy of that? What is the benefit of dispensing your energy for caring about agendas and causes that don't matter? I mean, it, like, I get it. I get it. There's there's gullible and persuadable people out there. I think the vast majority of people want to be ruled. They want a ruler. I think we know this. Human beings like being ruled. Throughout history, anyway, we like being ruled. Oh, 3,000 years ago, Lord Almighty, King of the realm, I will give you taxes and pay you, you know, my, my dues. At least they got something in return back then. You know, they had... Uh, army to defend them, you know, like they, like, like there was a little bit of benefit to them then, but there was no interference in their life. There was no, you have to use this pronoun or you have to put this flag up or celebrate this uh, month of the year for this pretendly marginalized group or something like that. You see what I'm saying, right? Miguel, any book or tips to deal with depression symptoms. You don't need a book or a tip to deal with depression symptoms, Miguel. Get a gym membership, go to the gym, pick up heavy shit, put it down. When you're done, go sit in the sauna and sweat for 25 minutes. When you're done that, go to a dojo and sign up for some striking classes, for kickboxing, for boxing, and then do some striking. There's nobody that I know that lifts weights or goes to a dojo and fights that's depressed. It's only people that sit around letting the news feed them all these all these distractions oh the world's ending this is happening this invasion people are dying over here civilians women turn it all off get a gym membership get some exercise get the juices flowing stop sitting on your ass all day that's all you need okay you don't need a book you don't need a course you don't need a therapist you need a gym <laughs> keep Keep doing push-ups and sit-ups until you're ripped and you've got six-pack abs and then tell me if you're depressed. Yeah. Tell us what to do. That's what people want. They want to be ruled. Guys, the join link for AMA is pinned at the top. The StreamYard link. Make sure you got a good connection and headphones if uh, you know, if there's potentially going to be feedback, but just, you know, you can check your internet connection. Uh, Call-ins will happen, happen shortly. But again... People want to be ruled. The vast majority of people want to be, they want to convince you like this dude over here. How do you deal with depression? Right? Look, I'm not going to say depression isn't real. I'm not that guy. I get that people don't feel good sometimes and maybe they want to call that depression, but I don't know anybody making serious bank in great shape with a hot woman or hot women in their lives 
crying or depressed. You'll never see a guy sitting in a Lamborghini crying. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. You can't fucking cry in a Lamborghini. You can't cry in an exotic car. It's impossible. You got to you got to face a joy on you, man. You got this aura of like excitement. You have a pep in your step. Things are good when you're doing something with your life, when you're putting yourself first, when you're making bank, when you're body is is physically strong and not inflamed and out of shape and fat and you're shaped like a bear you feel good and you operate good don't let them distract you trying to depress you or to control you or to rule you somehow yes you have to do what you got to do you got to come to an intersection the light's red you got to stop uh you know you have a job you're going to pay taxes it's inevitable i i have to pay all my taxes you have to pay yours i've paid enough taxes to pave a fucking highway at this point in my life here in canada but it is what it is you see what I'm saying, right? Don't let them distract you with that sort of stuff. Yeah, or a Porsche GT3 RS. My man, that's a cool car. Buddy of mine just got the RS. I can't wait to take that out for a rip. All right. Again, guys, the link to call in is pinned at the top. It's StreamYard link. Uh, click it. Do it live. It's over on YouTube. If you're watching this elsewhere, come over to YouTube and subscribe. Uh, I'm just going to run the ad reel, take a quick break, and we'll get back to the Q&A in like a minute and a half. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China and plastic bottles, Mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness, to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right. Um, I'll get to the call-ins in just one second. I'm just going to drop this ticker at the bottom because I keep forgetting to so ama is open link is at the top bring any questions you waive rights to privacy on this because again it's a live youtube show also if you haven't visited my website it's richcooper.ca and i have a forum that is coming to toronto january 2024 uh i think it's the january 20th 21st uh, weekend you can take a look at the link on the website but a lot of people have asked to meet up uh come to my events. A lot of the meetups and events you see me doing on social media are private for my community only. This was already pre-sold to that group a uh, month, month and a half ago. I reserved some tickets for the general public. They're available. 
Um, I think there's less than 40 reserved for the general public and we've sold a bunch already. So there's still some left, but if you'd like to attend, grab a ticket and do it uh, reasonably rapid because you're definitely going to want to get in on it. It's uh, not something that you're going to want to miss. Again, you can check the uh, landing page to uh, learn more on it. Uh, it's this guy over here saying you cannot be depressed if you're working all day. You have no time to be depressed. Again, you, you can't feel down on yourself if you're successful, if you're making money, if you're surrounded by beautiful women, if you have a good network, if you're doing all those things. It just It just doesn't happen, right? So you don't need to fix your depression with a book or a course or even meds. I mean, one of the worst thing you can do is take SSRIs because they just numb your senses, right? Like we've had, um, we've had a couple of gals on the ladies night show, which follows up after the unplugged alpha. And a few of them have, have mentioned that they're prescribed meds, you know, for their various conditions. I mean, they're just, Anytime you see these people that are on SSRIs and antidepressants, they're just numb. They don't care, right? Like that's what they're designed to do. And that means that you don't care about having sex. You don't care about doing things. You don't care about much at all. It just kind of like zombifies you. And that's probably a good place for them to have you at because you're a lot more controllable and persuadable at that point, especially when they got you on the prescriptions. You gotta be careful with that sort of stuff. All right, let's see what uh we got Willem here who's gonna hop in. What do you got for me, buddy? Hey, hey. How so doing, I very man? much I very uh, I very much like your approach on uh, your thoughts on depression. You know, like uh, like when you when you take a look at uh, the percentage of people in uh, rough areas of the world like africa russia yeah. very cold or very uh, hot extremely rough conditions like almost nobody has the, they're depressed uh, like uh, they don't drink uh, meds they 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 don't sob around you know they work all day just to survive you know depression is the luxury of the rich world it is. you know uh, there, there's that. no meds there's no meds for depression in russia or africa you know you know my my um, <laughs> yeah, my granddad used to tell my dad this and my dad passed on this wisdom you know he said no matter how shitty your day is basically somebody somewhere out there doesn't matter how bad your day is doesn't matter how shit of a day how bad you got hurt what was stolen from you doesn't matter what somebody out there will trade their life in a second for yours and not somebody like billions of people billions, in Africa right. on Russia yeah. would do millions this, millions you know, would do it. Billions, billions. Yeah. It's not millions. It's, it's hundreds of millions. Like people in it's Russia and Africa in extremely rough conditions in Siberia, in Sahara, you yeah. know, they don't have water. They don't have heating, you know, like they, they struggle every day just to survive. And there's zero depression there. So depression yeah. is the luxury, the luxury of the USA, of the Europe, of us people in, you know, with uh, higher incomes that Belt can uh, afford to sit around all day uh, doing nothing, uh, having zero interaction with the outside world and other people just pondering around the they can't stuff. afford to be depressed and so you know, like crying over spilt milk. They just can't. Exactly. Like uh, there, I I don't want to get around this uh, dude. You know uh, his thoughts. He's controversial, but I sh uh, click to share the screen and there's an excellent uh, forty second video. Of Sneeko and put this up thoughts. on the screen. Uh, yeah, Sneeko and his thoughts on depression is just forty seconds. Uh, you know, if you want to play it, we can play it. Go ahead, play it. Go ahead, play it. Yeah. Uh, just tell me if you can hear the audio. Play it, yeah. Everyone is depressed. 
No, There's no true. way that so much of a generation is clinically depressed. To me, that's not possible. There's something going on, but it can't just be that everybody is feeling the same exact symptoms. There's, there's no way that everyone here is clinically depressed. People spend nine hours a day on their phones. People spend five hours laying on their side, binge watching, man. Everyone binge watches, which is a symptom of depression. Like, honestly, if you, if you, 10 years ago, you said someone was gonna lay down here on their side, on their bed, watching their laptop like this, eating junk food. It's like, are you okay? Is something wrong with you? You need to speak to someone? And originally my thesis was that it's because everyone's fucking addicted to their phones. It's all day long staring like this, you know? Social media constant updates. It, it's, studies have shown that getting an Instagram like releases a little bit of dopamine in your brain. And so the rest of the world, the shit outside, being in the cold, being near trees and shit, all this weird stuff is not as exciting. Not everyone is depressed. There's no. Yeah. So, you know, Sneeko's an interesting character because I've seen him say and do things which are completely offside that I wouldn't agree with, but I agree with what he's saying there. It's, exactly. It, it's, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's part of people being persuaded to care about things that they don't need to care about, right? Like they want you in a condition of constant distress. They want you in a condition of instability. They want you in a state of reliance on them for things, right? Like if they're, if they can keep you relying on prescription meds, if they can keep you relying on a feed of constant shit, whether it's coming through your phone or whatever it happens to be, then you're more controllable. It's Rich, like, you're, you're, Rich, you know what's uh, awesome about you? Like uh, you as a guy, you could make much more money selling uh, blue pill lies to guys like, oh, yeah. your, your books of affirmation. But, you know, you just go, you know. Yeah, sure, no, the love language book sold way more than my <laughs> book did, but it's all bullshit. Yeah, you know, you know, you just went with road through. You go, shut up, go to gym. I don't know anybody that, that is depressed that goes to the gym, you know. And, yeah. and you just say it. You don't sell 10 books about uh, nothing. You know, that's amazing. That's why you guys should maybe join the rich community or or read his books because he doesn't have, he doesn't sell you lies. He could, but he doesn't, you know. He just says the raw truth and go to the gym, you know. <laughs> it's a fact. Thanks, Willem. Appreciate right. you, buddy. See you, man. Um, dude over here says, Rich, is it realistic for a five foot four guy to be able to ride a motorcycle comfortably? You know, I get these rich, is it realistic questions. Rich, is it realistic for any guy to have six pack abs? Rich, is it realistic for anybody to become a millionaire? Rich, is it real? You know, insert whatever. Look, even if you're five foot four, and let's say there's a bike that you like that the seat height is too high and you get on it and you're on your tippy toes and it's probably a little bit unsafe for you to come to a full stop on. Even if that exists, you can take it into a shop. You can pay them a couple bucks to either put an air suspension in it uh, to cut the springs, to install a lowering kit for the bike. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do, right? Even if it's for something like, but most bikes have a fairly low ride height, right? Like you can get uh, sport bikes under 600cc now, like the 400cc class. It's got usually lower ride heights. They usually make them for chicks, right? Uh, cruisers are the, the very low seats. I mean, like most cruisers, you don't even have to be taller than like five foot two to get your feet on the ground. So, you know, the whole, is it, is it realistic question? Is it realistic to ask? A, is it realistic question? I would be asking like questions like, I don't know. Is it, is it realistic for, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to skip it completely. I don't want to go there. <laughs> oh man. I love you guys, but you know, sometimes, you know, the whole complicate life justify why. And again, AMA is linked live at the, 
top of the live chat guys on YouTube. Bring your questions. Bring your criticisms if you have them. If there's something that I've said or done that you disagree with, bring your criticism. Let's hear what it is and I want to hear your solution to it that improves something that I've dispensed you know, some advice on. But the complicate life justify why mantra that I've talked about many times, maybe I don't mention enough in these shows, but that this is what we like to do, right? Like we tell ourselves a story, right? Like we'll call something what it, what it isn't because we ego invest in that story. We ego invest in that. Is it possible for like, one of the ones that just makes me laugh to this day still was I said at one point, you should aim as a guy to be a millionaire by the time you're 30. If you can't hit it by 30, do it by 40. Like most people with some wise choices could make it happen by at least 40. I understand inflation is just out there today. Interest rates are going through the roof. I understand things are changing economically, but most people still today, given a 20 year cycle of making some good choices from when they enter the workforce in their twenties up to 40 should be able to create a net worth of at least a million dollars. You know how many people complain about that? Oh, Rich, you're so out of touch with the world. There's not enough money out there. All the rich people have it and they've stolen it from us and you're never going to get it. You're totally out of touch just because you're an entrepreneur, but blah, 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 same bullshit. This is what I keep hearing from guys like that. Complicate life, justify why. Ego invest into lies that don't serve you. Never believe a prediction that doesn't empower your success. Do you understand what this means? This means if you sit here thinking that I am never going to have six-pack abs because I'm big boned. This is another one that makes me laugh. Oh, he's a big boned fella or she's big boned. They have never throughout fucking history ever gone to a dig site and dug up skeletons that are big boned. They're just skeletons. It's the stuff that's around it that's the fat that makes you look big boned. Big boned is not a thing. Fat is a thing, right? So you ego invest in, oh, I'm not tall enough to get the sport bike that I want. Buy it. Lower the ride height. You can shave the seat. You can take an inch off the seat. You can pop the seat off and get a racer seat, maybe a carbon fiber seat, put some padding somewhere else. There's a number of things that you can do to accommodate what it is that you're trying to do. You'll either find a reason to make it happen or you're finding excuses to why it can't happen. Which side of the equation do you want to be on? The winning side or the losing side? The side where you get what you want or the side where you don't get what you want? Simple question, isn't it? Jake, Mango Speed. If that's not possible, I bet there's lots of money in it for the first guy that can go figure it out, do the work. Who is Mango Speed? Oh, that was the guy before asking about the five foot four. Yeah, no, I just, guys, I've just, I've just delivered the solutions to you. There's a whole bunch of them beyond that. Or, you know, you can get those shoes, you know, uh, that give you an extra inch and a half or two inches. You know, it's built into the insole, right? You know, if you, on tippy toes, you put those things on, all of a sudden you might be flat footed. You know, like when you're sitting on the bike, people go, oh, guys go, oh, you know, should I get that? Look, you throw on a pair of shoes to get what you need. No big deal. Who cares? Right. Whoop de doo. Now you're five, six instead of five, four. It's the guys that go, hey, Rich, should I get the leg lengthening surgery where they break your legs and they stretch out your leg and you get an extra like 2.1 inches or some shit like that in your thighs? No. Are you fucking kidding me? Have you seen these fucking things? First of all, you look stupid. Now your thighs are two and a half inches longer than your, than your calf area. You're out of proportion. 
And then you go through the extremities of mutilating your body to get an extra couple of inches for what? To impress a woman? Give me a break. And there's guys that have asked me, friends of mine that were serious about it. I'm like, dude, if you do that, we're not talking anymore. Can't take somebody serious like that, man. Yeah, wear Spice Girl shoes. <laughs> elevator shoes. Uh, Gene Simmons, he used to wear elevator shoes with Kiss. Remember those guys? Yeah, complicate life, justify why. Guys love to do it. Love, love, love doing it, man. That's like... The amount of, of, of stories, you know, that I've heard guys tell themselves to distract themselves from whatever it is that they want, whatever vision or dream that they're after. It's like, how bad do you want it, man? How bad do you want that thing that you're after? Because most guys don't want it bad enough. I'm just being honest with you. They want to be distracted with that conflict over there between those two countries an 18 hour flight away, but they're not focused enough on what's going on in their own world that they can control, that they can manipulate, that they can take in a better direction for themselves. I've got Michael here waiting to hop in and ask a question. Again, guys, you can call in and ask anything. The AMA link is open. It says StreamYard at the top of YouTube. It's pinned up there. Just click that and join in. Michael. Hey, Rich, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Uh, it's regarding the rat race. The so, rat race. My dad yes. used to call it the rat race. So when do you decide to quit the rat race? When do you say enough is enough? What let's let's first define the rat race. So what is a rat race, first of all? It's like continue working your ass off, constantly kind of improving. Let's say if you're making 50K, you go to 100K. If you're mm -hmm. making 100K, you go to a million. If you're making a million, you go to 2 million. Okay. And you just work until you die, pretty much. Constantly chasing the, the leaderboard. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's what most people experience as a rat race. I think the definition that my dad would have used was getting up, eating, having your coffee or your tea, putting on your clothes and your suit, getting your briefcase, hopping in the car, commuting, fighting traffic, going to work, dealing with all the bullshit in your office, waving at everybody, the the drama, the HR stuff, your boss, when's the women's report due, sit there, fill out a bunch of shit that doesn't matter, spend your entire day doing that. You don't see your wife or your kids or any of your family. And then you're basically lining somebody else's pocket with gold. There's an old saying, um, if you don't build your dreams, then somebody else will hire you to build theirs, right? Um, there was a single mom post that that somebody somebody shared me shared with me this dating app picture, you know, the other day, and I shared it on uh, Twitter X. I don't I don't know when we're going to shift from calling it Twitter to X, but anyway, we'll, we'll call it Twitter X for the time being. And she's pregnant. She's twenty five. She's got three kids already, probably from three different fathers. And she's like, I'm ready to settle down and, you know, have a family and be a stay-at-home stay mom. And I captioned it. If you don't build your own dream, somebody, somebody will hire you to build theirs, right? So this happens in many other scopes of, of life beyond just work. So I think that the definition that most people would see as a rat race is you go, you get your raise every year for 4.1% or 5% or whatever they happen to give you if you're lucky enough to get it and your bonus. And you pay your mortgage and you do all your family events and you pay your taxes and you 
you know, you just do what you've been told to do. Like that's my understanding of what the rat race, my dad was talking about that 20, 25 years ago. Right. Because he said, fuck it. And he left, you know, he wanted to leave Canada and go back to England. My family's been back and forth from England a couple of times, but that's the definition of, you know, the rat race. But if you're going from $50,000 a year to $2 million within five to 10 years, I don't know what you're doing for that. I'm assuming you've probably started up some kind of a business that's successful, which would generally mean that you love doing it and you're good at it and it makes lots of money. So when those three things intersect, it's gold. I wouldn't call that the rat. Like I, I really like what I'm doing. I wouldn't consider my life miserable, boring, disinteresting. Like I wouldn't put it in the rat race. I don't fight traffic. I get up when I want to get up. I can work when I want to work. Like it's a Monday night at 7.51 PM and I'm working and I enjoy doing this. Like I genuinely enjoy having these podcasts, having call-ins and having these conversations, right? So I don't call this a rat race. This is something that I genuinely enjoy. So when somebody says to me, hey, you know, when do you, when is enough? When do you unplug from the rat race? I'm thinking about those poor fucking guys that are just getting up, going to their job, paying their taxes, dealing with the bullshit with Becky in the office and their boss, Billy, and all the stuff. And they come home and there's a disagreeable wife that's just shitting on them because they didn't put the white socks in the white hamper and the dark socks in the dark hamper. That kind of stuff to me is a rat race. So can we agree on what the rat race is first? Yes. So why would... so? if you've got a good life where you're making loads of money and you're self-employed and you love what you're doing and you're good at doing it and it makes lots of money, that's a good thing if you can go from 50,000 a year to $2 million a year, right? True, but more or less it's kind of the kind of the same schedule every Is day. Is the question, when do you have enough money? Yes. When do you say, okay, I think I'm good. It's like, I don't have to do that anymore. Same thing happened, let's say, for example, I'll give you an example. Same thing happened for the Zuckerberg. He's yeah. a billionaire, billionaire, and now he's like trying to kind of find himself and seems to happen to a lot of people that kind of constantly invest in the career or the Yeah, I don't care what happens money. to Zuckerberg. That guy doesn't matter to me. He's a he's a cuck yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Um so you know, the question of when is enough money enough so I don't think that I would ever stop working. And it's not like I would stop working and work for free because I don't think people value what they don't pay for, right? Like people only value things that they pay for. If you give, you know, you give somebody a $5 million lottery tick winning and most people that have these lottery winnings, they're broke within three years. Most of them, like the vast majority of them are broke because they didn't work for it. They didn't earn it. It was just given to them. Here's $5 million. And they go and blow it on stupid shit and give it away to people and they blow it on stupid shit and nobody does anything useful with it. So I don't think anything that's given away is good. Like you have to pay for something if, you, if you're going to see the value in it, right? It's just always the case. So I would always have to charge for, for private time. But would I ever stop? I don't think so, man. I'll stop when I'm dead. That's when I'll stop. That's when it's enough. And it's not like I would be doing it for the money. The, the money is a representation. Money is a store of value, right? You get money in exchange for the value that you create in people's lives. That's all that it is. So anybody that's accumulated wealth has done something valuable in people's lives. The extent of the value could be argued. Like some people might say, well, is what Zuckerberg is doing valuable with Facebook? I don't know. We're going to have that argument some other time. 
But I think that the notion of when is enough money, enough money can be separated from when you stop. Because it's not a rat race if you enjoy it and you're good at it and it and it makes good money. The question of when is enough money enough money? In the West, I'd say 10 to $15 million. I would have said $10 million about two or three years ago. I'd probably say closer to $15 million in net worth today. 10, 10 to $15 million. Because that's what you would need to comfortably say, fuck it, I'm done. And then you can live off the investment and the income if you put the money out there properly to work for you. And that's basically fuck you money. Like that's... That's essentially putting you in a position where you can make choices that are aligned with your interests, goals, and your refusal to expose yourself to things and places and people that you don't want to deal with. Like that's like that's F you money. Is that enough? I don't know. Depends on what kind of lifestyle you like. I mean, some people like private jets and yachts and big travel to cool places with big shot stuff. Like Jeff Bezos is worth what? I don't know. He's one of the richest people in the world and he just commissioned like the most expensive yacht ever made or something like that true very true what about for you how do you answer that question i think it depends which part of the world you see it some more ten thousand dollars can be great some more can be nothing oh yeah so i think it's a it's a matter of choice and deciding when to i don't want to say pull the plug but just do something different the thing is is that when people stop doing things that they love they generally die that's what i've noticed they they're they're on a slow decay decline of rudderlessness like no purpose they have nothing going like all these people out there that go and get a corporate job and they I mean, I'm going to use a silly example, like, you know, maybe like something in my grandfather's era where people would get a job in a factory and they were screwing on toothpaste caps for whatever it was, you know, their career of 40 years. And then they would get a watch when they retire and they just sit around and do nothing and they watch the news or TV or some shit like that. To me, that's a, that's a, that would suck the life out of my soul. Like I would, like I would just want to base, like that to me would, would create depression if it existed in me. But Absolutely. if you have some purpose in your life, if you have some sort of grind that you're on, if you have a mission, if you have something going on, I don't see any reason to stop doing that. Like, why would you want to stop doing something that you love doing? Somebody just pointed out here in the comments, uh, Seinfeld was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He's worth a billion bucks and he likes doing stand-up. He just, you know, he went there because he likes doing stand-up comedy, right? Like, you know. Why does Joe Rogan have 2,000 uh, episodes of his podcast? Because he likes sitting down talking to people, right? I think that's what it boils down to, you know? Put yourself in a position where you do some shit that you absolutely love and that you're good at it and that happens to pay you money. Because again, money is a, it is a store of value. It is a, it is a representation of the value that you've created in the world. You know, wealth is what that is. It's not evil. It has no inherent evil trait to it. It's a representation of the value that you create because it's a store value. So I think looking at it from that perspective is the right way to go about it. I don't know if that helps assess it a little bit better, Michael, but that's just my take on it. It does, Rich. Thanks a lot. I don't All right, buddy. Take care, man. All right, guys. The join link is still up. I think we have time for one or two more if anybody wants to pop in and ask a, uh, a question. Um, you have... This dude over here, Wayne, is talking about people losing inheritance uh, as fast as a lottery winning. Like, 
Um, I've seen people hide inheritance and use it as like um, sort of like a bonus round. Uh, oh, I inherited $10 million from my aunt. She never had any family and she just, you know, put my name on the will. So I got it. Um, and then they just shut up about it and they just sort of like, it just stacks underneath what they've already, you know, created for themselves and they just keep quiet about it. I've also seen people just blow through it. Right. Um, I know people that have inherited money from family that literally just sit on it like a nest egg. You know, it's like, it's like a safety net. It makes them feel good and comfortable and they take their regular monthly checks from pension or retirement or whatever it happens to be. And they just sit on that nest egg. It's like, let's just sit on it right there. So I don't know. Uh, well, this is an interesting one. I have an avatar here waiting to cop in. So let's see what Kuro's got for us. Oh, hey there, Rich. Uh, I thought it was further down the line there. Uh, but I just wanted to hop in with a couple of comments. Uh, well, first of all, just wanted to issue a correction that no, Russia is not in fact a conservative hyperborea that Slava Boos make it out to be. They suffer from the same issues and diseases of opulence. The DSM-5 is still there. They're still, they still diagnose people with depression. They still prescribe SSRIs. So uh, <clears throat> I think they prescribe SSRIs to a much lower degree than what they do that is in true. the United States. Yes, much, yes. much lower degree. Yes, like a fraction of it. Not a fraction. I would say probably have. Uh, no, that it's less to... than that. I saw I saw some data on that in the last couple of months. Um, I mean, I... I'm not going to Google yeah. and dig up the chart, but yes, they do have them, but they don't prescribe them the same rate as they do yeah. in North America. The the incentive structure is different, and uh, generally access to something as luxurious as a as a. Can I just stop you for a sec, Kuro? Yes. Where does one get this cartoon avatar? That I sent like? you. I've sent you an email describing the exact stack. Okay. That was a while ago. I can forward it again, but. Uh, I I don't know. You know, maybe I missed it, but it wasn't uh, forwarded to me. Likely, likely it's not too it's not too complicated. I am a I'm a business major, and I was able to figure this out without becoming a skill monkey. Okay, cool. <clears throat> All right. So, um, what question you got for me? It's not really a question. It's more of a. I mostly agree with your com opening commentary about there are big issues. It doesn't make sense to dispense your f's on everything. Uh, but at the same time, certain larger subjects probably shouldn't be ignored entirely because they have downstream event uh, downstream effects that are going to affect. Things such that, as. well, we commonly complain about, well, such as, uh, for example, it was uncouth to comment on immigration from certain parts of the world. And right now there are um, <clears throat> uh, crowds with Palestinian flags cheering on footage of a German woman being mangled and dragged through Palestine. Uh, I don't think that's a comfortable sight for, for anyone who, who looks at it, but that is something that while it also has the capacity to impact people, for example, in Canada, is a downstream effect of larger problems that were ignored for a while. I don't live in the area. I have no control over the conflict on when it ends. That is true. It's been a thousand year plus probably conflict. I don't know, well, you know there, to what extent. And there were specific began, bottles. But it's been going on for a long, long time. There were specific bottlenecks that were pretty controlled. So I'm not going to get into my, yeah. Here's my take on it. If I was a German woman, I'm assuming maybe at a music festival. Yeah. If I was a German woman and I wanted to go to a music festival, I would probably make better choices than going to an area that experiences regular conflict. Like to me, that's just dumb. So why yes. should I give a shit about why she made that choice and what's happening? You particularly know that is an example of the cultural sensitivities that are seeping into 
our local environments, however minute or specific we want to be with what we call local, um, is was that a lapse in her personal judgment and going down to the border of the Gaza Strip to to join a rave? Yeah, definitely not not a <clears throat> not a two hundred IQ move. I'll I'll agree with that. Yeah. Does it warrant getting victimized like that? Also, probably not. But my concern is primarily with the people cheering that on. Why? Why do you care? I I am <clears throat> to put it nicely. I'm somewhat uncomfortable with savages in my direct vicinity. I am somewhat comforted by the fact that I am armed and very comfortable with my with my service rifle. But that's me. Uh, that's definitely not a universal. Yeah, but I mean, you're not a German woman at a rave festival in a conflict zone. So why yeah. do you care? Yeah, I'm a Jewish man with family in Israel. Okay. So uh, I, I understand, again, my level of investment is not going to be universal. I'm not saying, oh, everybody should care about Israel. No. Yeah, so my then you have a vested is, interest because yes, you're Jewish, me though, person. right? Exactly, yes. Well, yeah. I mostly have interest invested in my family and their well-being. Not, yeah. It's not a, really a tribal thing for me. Uh, but that is an interesting comment. We can get back to that. But my point is, it, it makes sense for people to care about things that might downstream affect them. I'm not saying everyone should care about Israel. My position is that everyone should leave uh, the conflict the fuck alone and let the people in that area settle this on their own. There's a separate conversation on how that would affect Pax Americana and how that builds up the world that we're... People, but I mean, like, Kuro, like, you know, people cheer on uh, s some of the most absurd things here in North America. You know, people will cheer on... Uh, crowds which will go and pillage and plunder department stores yes and that is just as good right that is so just as... to me that's a that's a problem that's domestic that government yes. should deal with here that news media should deal with here and address it to certainty i'm not worried about what happens at a music festival in some other country close to a conflict zone regardless of whether it's palestinian or jewish it's, it's, yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't affect that... me and who cheers on who doesn't matter to me now everybody's got their own opinion but dispensing your f's for something like that doesn't matter i mean it's not on your doorstep do you live in the area not as of right now unfortunately israel has very very aggressive taxation that's currently the primary barrier for me joining the, res the reserve there but that's uh, <clears throat> that's besides the point the thing that i'm making i'm actually agreeing with you i think our, your F's should be dispensed very sparingly, yes. but you need to pay attention and be aware of the things that you should dispense them on to. People okay. looting looting Target stores, also very high up, uh, high up on my list because I have a Target in my area. Hmm. Actually somewhat higher than the Israeli conflict. Israeli conflict, also relevant to me. I'm saying it should, be it should probably not be relevant to a lot of people outside of my situation. Yeah, well, things like that, generally won't be and that's what i'm recommending that people do is they evaluate where is it can i impose any sort of change in this is this something that's going to affect me personally i think for the vast majority of people that are all about i side with this side or that side on social media none of that matters to them oh yeah they just want to join a camp and wave a flag yeah they, exactly they just want to join a camp and wave a flag yeah, but then again, we also because need... because we are tribal. I mean, human beings yeah. have always been tribal. You know, we 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 we've always operated in an us versus them category. Yes, in group versus out group. It's yeah. a mental heuristic we've developed, and it seems to be a very effective survival tactic.
Yeah. Uh, but other than that, yeah, lift heavy shit. Uh, I would probably warn younger guys against getting into boxing unless they don't need an IQ higher than room temperature. But other than that, yeah, rock on. <laughs> Listen, so, it's about it's about the so small. So, what would you strong. recommend for combat sports? So, for combat sports, stand up judo is very good, especially for younger guys. It helps you develop a very. Do you know why strength. I recommend uh, striking skills like boxing? Striking, so kickboxing, yes. Boxing, classic, uh, no. You can ask fighters that that deal with street fights, and kicking isn't advisable in the street because if you lose your balance or you're falling on the ground, there's probably more than one guy, and they start kicking you in the head, you're fucked. I agree with the tactic and of that. Generally what... speaking, if you're a young man doing boxing, you're not going to get into competitive fights, and if you do spar, you're wearing headgear and mouthpieces, so it's a lot safer. Like I'm a lot older than most young guys out there, and I had my first boxing match this year, and I boxed for three and a half years, and I understand it. But you want to understand it to the level and the degree where you're competent enough to throw punches. Here's my counter question. Do you train with a coach? A coach who, who has... The coach has invested stakes in you as a very valuable customer who pays a lot of money for personal coaching. Of course, yeah. It's 600 bucks a month. Yeah. Exactly. Therefore, you are going to be sheltered because you are his one of the variants of golden no, geese. Say that. No, I wouldn't well, say that. I, no, I've had a well, bloody nose. I've cut my eye. I've, blood, I've given him a bloody nose and I've cut his eye too. Very commendable. That's a sign of very good and at least semi-effective training. But at the same time, it's not the same as joining the meat grinder as a nobody walking into a boxing club because you are either useful to your coach as a star or you are useful to him as fodder for training the more capable guys. I tell okay. you that Tomato, as someone tomato, who's, but... who's been in the, in the sporting scene and in the combat scene for uh, the better part of 20 years. Okay. Well... That's your opinion. I mean, yeah. from from my experience and from dealing with fighters that I know personally, some of them are MMA fighters. Striking skills are what's required to learn any level of competency for street use. Sure. How many of them are CPAs? Why would they be a CPA? Because that's that's the correlation that I'm that I'm saying. If you if you uh, no, but you can teach a CPA how to strike. It, that is true. That is true. That's why I specifically qualified it with younger guys who plan to have a mentally involved desk job okay. should probably stay away from classic academic hands-only boxing. Does boxing develop an effective skill set the fastest compared to any other art? Yes. At the downside of sustaining regular small concussions that downstream have a lot of deleterious effects to your intellectual capacity. Did you take a few shots to the head when you were younger? I took a few, but those were actually very, uh, they were spaced out between each other with by quite a bit, and those were with legs. So were those concussions? Yes. Were they frequent? Nowhere near, because my leg work is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you seem to be all right. I mean, you know, aside from the awkward Kuro avatar, but I mean, you're clearly an intelligent guy that's versed. So, I mean, you turned out okay. I mean, that's it's what? I think I'm going to say four concussions versus 400 that you would acquire. No. I didn't have any concussions. I fought for three and a half years. Three and a half years isn't that long. But it's again, enough to learn the skill and uh, dispense it should it be needed. There's, uh, again, that's that's my recommendation. I'd say jujitsu, yes. Muay Thai, also, yes. Academic boxing, uh, like separate discussion for a separate time. Let's not get into it. Okay. Uh, appreciate the content. I'll. What, where should I send this? I guess I'll just re-forward you the same email that I described the stack in if you're still interested. Is it a business proposal? No. 
I'm, I'm not invested. This is not a job for me. Oh, okay. something I no, no, I was, I was just curious because I don't get a lot of people that use this type of avatar and, you know, like, I think it's more interesting than just looking at a M or something like that on the screen. Yeah. Uh, listen, but I'm not is, interested in using it personally. No. Yeah. My, the way I've arrived to this is that I like content creation. It's interesting. I like fiddling around with, with visual engines like Unity and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also a local level executive. I can't just go on the internet and say shit. Oh, yeah. I completely understand. And that's why I'm totally fine with having conversation guys, you know, with guys that are anon. Because um, otherwise, we'd never have these conversations. Yeah. But this is just a little bit more animated, I think. Yeah. No, it's cool. To interact All right. With. All well, right. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you. you. Ciao. All right. Um, let me give Aaron a stab here. See what he's got for me. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Oh, you're muted. You got to take that. Uh, air, that line through your mic on the bottom of the screen. Hi there. Sorry, just my boy was a bit rambunctious. Um, just uh, wanted to say thank you the last time we talked and I've uh, taken up uh, legal advice as uh, you and Jonathan um, advised me. And oh, okay, what was going on? You're going to have to refresh my memory. I talked to a lot of guys. You froze up, bud. With, maybe, uh, just, maybe just kill your video feed because it doesn't sure. look like you got a good connection and that should free up the audio. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, it was just basically on uh, family law, on mm -hmm. legal advice, and uh, I lawyered up with a lawyer who had who has 40 years of experience and she has lawyered up too and um, seeking counsel and just, just the shove I needed. And I, uh, I appreciate it the uh, sage advice you dispense. <laughs> it sounds like the kids in the background. All right. Yeah. Um, did you have any questions or was it just a thank no, you? No, just a thank you. Okay. Thanks, man. See you. Yeah, see you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, we did a show a couple of weeks ago with Jonathan Noble, who's the uh, family lawyer uh, licensed, I think, in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And you'll see him from time to time comment on my Entrepreneurs in Cars videos. Um, very well versed, nice guy. And uh, yeah, we did some Q and A uh, segments with some some of the guys. And I understand divorce is just one of those areas where it's just like, it's tough, man, you know, because you keep seeing all these, all these TradCon guys, you know, pushing marriage and, uh, you know, culture and society and religion and family. And it's just, you know, just get married, just get married. And it's like, you know, like even, you know, even myself around family, you know, from time to time, you know, especially with my girlfriend's side of the family, there's always somebody that like has to give you like a little, oh, so when are you going to get a ring sort of thing? And it's like, here we go again, you know, with the dumb shit, like, you know, uh, it's, it's always pressured upon men. And the thing is, is most guys yield. They just do because they don't know any better. And they, you know, they've got their head in the sand when it comes to relationships. They don't vet women for red flags. They don't, I get it. I get it. It's, it's difficult. It is what it is, man. Um, all right. I think on that note, we've gotten through all the callers. So I'll wrap it up saying this. Uh, I'm on with Moff at 845. We're doing another ladies nights. We've got some good questions on this one. I know that um, Moff's gone through the panel. So um, check that out. It's on about half an hour. Um, we're actually going to be moving ladies night to Wednesday nights, uh, probably in about one or two weeks. We've got a couple more Monday nights booked up, but the, like the, the three and a half to four and a half hours of podcasting back to back for me on Monday nights, it's just, it's too much of a drain. So I want to 
spread it out throughout the week. So we're going to keep TUA on Monday nights and ladies night on Wednesdays, but we'll make the announcement on the exact date that that happens. And when we do that, um, bat boy, do you have, it says device is not connected, man. Do you have, uh, do you have an audio connection here? Let's try Axel here real quick. Cause I got at least another 10 more minutes. Axel, what's up, buddy? Yo, Rich, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hey, hey man, happy Thanksgiving. I uh, did have a question, actually. Being a guy, actually, I'm going to soften the background here. It's awkward as shit. No, no problem. Uh, being a guy who's also wearing glasses, I'm kind of curious on your take when you've been getting into combat sports. Yeah. When when you're fighting or sparring or just the sessions in general, do you? I don't wear the glasses. Wear, what's that? I don't wear the glasses when I'm fighting. Do you wear contact lenses or do you just no. kind of just go blind no. into it? No, I need the glasses for reading shit. And I've got a plus prescription. So um, it's more of like a magnifier. Um, I don't have any problems seeing color, shape. I don't have any problems with distance judge. It's just I can't read like facial, you know, like body language, you know, for mm -hmm. example, which isn't completely necessary because I'm more interested in like elbow movement, shoulder movement, foot movement, so I can see where the punch is coming from. Um, mm -hmm. But I am going to have to get eye surgery at some point, like a clear lens replacement um so i know that i'm not going to be doing any kind of uh, contact sports to the head like punching to the head once i get mm -hmm. that done um but you know like when i fight it wear headgear i've got mouth guard in so it's it's fine it's just you don't have a clear picture of what you're punching yeah but like you don't uh, see the freckles like... on the guy's nose basically is yeah, what yeah. It is. okay yeah that's like my only ex like i'm i'm making up excuses for myself to like not get into already and say okay well no, you just take the glasses off and leave them in the locker. Yeah. Are you farsighted or are you nearsighted? Uh, I'm nearsighted, so I can't see things that are far away from me. Like just, like if, I, if the guy's stance or if the yeah. guy... If, What's where he's the by, like, prescription, like the minus... Is it like minus 5, minus 1.8? Uh, minus 2.4. So it's not that strong. I mean, yeah. can you judge distance? Like, can you see movements with elbows and feet and stuff like that? It's a bit difficult. I think it's okay. just like the matter, like the moment, the moment. Maybe they it's come with off. like farsighted guys like me. Like I can still see it. Yeah. So, so it could be just you know the type of vision that you have. But try it out, man. Like you know, try it out and see how it goes. And see, like, I mean, if the guy's standing over here and you're punching and you're completely missing by three feet because he's in the wrong area, then I'd say okay, you know, you're kind of going to struggle with that. But for nearsightedness, you can get the laser corrections. Yeah. It's usually pretty easy and safe to do for your type of eyesight. Why haven't you done well, that one? Out of curiosity for other guys that are in your class, uh, is it common to wear uh, contact lenses in that? Or is there a risk of it like getting dislodged when you get punched in the so. face? Or what's I don't think so. I don't think anybody's worn contacts as far as I know. Uh-huh. No. My, okay. The guy that owns a place wears glasses, um, but I think they're readers, so they're cheaters, so they're a plus prescription. But Back to the question, like, why don't you get that um, laser eye surgery for the nearsightedness? Because it's cheap and effective. It's just the commitment to to go through with it. It's like okay. you get the surgery. It's like three weeks sitting on your ass before you're able to kind of be productive again. I think it's just kind of biting the bullet when it comes to that. And yeah, I mean, only recently I took like a proper vacation anyways. So it was just like the commitment, the time commitment to kind of go through with that. So it's, I don't know. maybe it's just excuses, but uh, it's excuses because nearsighted laser eye surgery is simple and, and very, very safe versus the clear lens replacement, which is basically cataract surgery. Mm -hmm. Like they, like they have to do a lot more to get that organic lens out. Um, how old are you? Uh, 34. Yeah. Yeah. You're young enough to do a laser treatment, man. I would look into it. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. I'll take cool. a peek. All right, man. Cheers. Take it easy. Stay, bud. Peace.
All right. Um, yeah, so we'll wrap it up on that note, ladies' night in a little bit. Uh, don't forget to check out the links below. Go to my website at richcooper.ca if you're interested in joining the 1% forum. Again, it's January uh, 2024. We're going to have an awesome array of speakers. I've got entrepreneurs. I have a professional athlete coming, um, professionals uh, in various scopes of life. The, the kind of talks that we're going to have in that room and the connections that are going to be made, and we're going to be breaking bread and smoking cigars and doing a bunch of other stuff, you're not going to want to miss it. Um, it's it's priced basically at, at cost. It's in one of Toronto's best boutique hotels. Uh, it's not a massive space. It's the right size for the kind of shit that I want to do. So if you're interested in meeting up and meeting a room of uh, savages, then I'd recommend checking out richcooper.ca. It's at the top of the navigation bar. It says 1% forum. Uh, tickets are still available, but they are running out. So we'll see you guys in a little bit uh, for the ladies' night session. Uh, we're on the outro reel, and I'll see you guys in like 15, 20 minutes. All right, guys. If you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pin 